0: Time for another episode of the epic narrative thanks for coming here's my dad Bob Switzer and as always it is a pleasure to speak to you once again and uh, honestly I'm I, I just uh, you guys are awesome and and I love that you guys listen on such a regular basis and for those of you that are binging it but but a lot of the bingers binge it on a regular basis, like they <laughs> they, they, see a weekend where they're going to be able to do a bunch of yard work, and they're like, ah, oh, I'm going to listen to the epic narrative, and they'll listen to five or six episodes at a time. So I just appreciate all the listeners. I really, really do. I, uh, I love doing this. I truly do, and I would love to do it even bigger. So feel free to pass this on to other people. Uh, I do know. If, if, you're, if you're with me, you're, your willingness to entertain the idea of God being good all through time is awesome. I also know for those who won't entertain that concept, it's, they get really upset. They get really upset because they really want God to be angry and mean and punished, punish the bad guys. It goes on and on. All right, enough about that. Here we go. We're, we're we're in Genesis chapter three. This this verse six is when most people seem to start the Bible story. Creation almost becomes like this this prelim. Like, well, it's like the prelogue. Pro pro, pro prologue prologues at the end, right? Preface. It's like the preface to a book. Like, ah, I didn't I didn't read the preface. You know, I I started right on chapter one. That's kind of what people do a lot of times with the Bible. They sit here and they start with, when woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it, and their eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. That's, those are the two verses that most people start with, because that's the part that they identify with. They identify themselves as sinners. They identify themselves as people in need of a savior. Rather than identifying themselves as what they were created to be, beings of light and love, and and, and identify themselves as children of, of God who is also light and love. They don't, yeah. So so many, I'm a sinner, I'm a need of a savior, and others are, where we should be going is, I am created and I reflect my creator. And my creator is love and light. So that's, again, back to why, one of the reasons why I'm doing Genesis. I want to go back to the beginning all the time. Because that's where we start, and that's what we're called back to. We are not called back to this place. We're not called back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, when she saw the fruit of the tree, when she saw that apple. Now, that word when is a time indicator, right? We don't know how long it was between verse 5 and 6. Just like we don't know how long it was between chapter 3, verse 1 and I think it's verse 25 of chapter 2. We don't know. We don't know because no one told us. Now, there are those in the in the Hebrew tradition and the Torah. They believe this was all done in one day, that she she was, you know, the serpent spoke with her, that she, you know, clearly considered it, went to Adam, brought him back to the tree, and they both ate together totally I, I totally can get that. I, I can. But it doesn't have to be. Just know that that word when indicates time. We don't know. I think I think that she got done talking with a serpent who probably didn't hang out with her too long because he didn't want a whole lot of questions coming back to him. Uh, you know, most most liars don't like to be questioned. Most con men don't want you to look for details. Most politicians don't either. I'm, no, Bob, don't do that now. Say, I know, I know. I'm just saying, people that are trying to con you, they don't want you reading their, you know, the entire uh, book. They just want you to listen to their highlights. Trust them. It's the same thing here, right? I, I because... Because the serpent's crafty, I I think he was like, "Mm, I got her thinking about it. That's all I'm trying to do. He knew what he was doing. He knew the seeds he had planted. He knew that she had no reason to suspect him because she had no idea what lying was. And he invited her, basically, to find out, You'll get to know what evil is if you just take a bite of that. You have no idea what you're missing out on. God knows all about it. And you are all about being like him. So you should have some of that, I think. I mean, that's just me. I'm just a serpent. Hanging out here in the garden. Have yourself a good day. Uh, I'm gonna go, you know, gonna go check out some birds, hang out with them for a little bit. So she had time to consider this. I think she considered it internally. And then she probably talked with Adam about it. I don't know how long it was. It could have been a day. could have been. But I don't know. So she saw something. And that's the concept of like, it's sensual, not sexual. It's sensual. It it was visual, right? She saw. Um, It was good for food. Like all the other fruit trees. It means that she saw in that it was good looking. She had never really paid much attention before. Why? She she couldn't eat it. Well I said, well what does she care? Just ignore it. Just move on. I can't eat it. Can't touch it. I'll just I don't even need I don't I don't need to know if it's good. I don't need to know if it's if it's good for food or good looking. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, there was something mysterious about it. There was a depth to the color. There was a translucency, uh, uh, something that, that made it look special, different. I mean, if you want it to be an apple, that's fine. I don't know what it looked like. But it's easy, I think, to, to consider it as an as an apple because probably every art connection to this event sees it as an apple. <laughs> oh, whether it's a masterpiece from from the Middle Ages or or uh, you know nuanced in some impressionist uh, painting or or um modern art now there's some there's some reference to an apple so it's easy to look at it but let's just picture it as an apple but it's it's almost a living thing it's it's got movement and and shimmering to it that makes it really pleasing to look at now she says it's pleasing to look at this is a woman who lives in the garden of eden where everything is perfect everything is beautiful everything reflects the light everything bows toward her when she walks by because of of her beauty and the reflection of the sun that she has and the way that her son her son her skin reflects the sun because she was you know her and Adam were created from the the gold dust that was the ground it's it's an amazing event so for her to see something and think wow that is that is really good-looking fruit. That there is something there, and then it was also desirable for gaining wisdom. What is that? Well, that is something that God has. It is something that God gave them. It's not like Adam and Eve were were without wisdom. They were fools. That that God could not create a foolish thing. These were wise beings, beautiful beings, smart beings. And, you know, their intellect would be off the charts in today's world. Well, then how did they fall for this? I told you. I told you. The serpent was crafty beyond any animal. And that's why, again, why I I think it lends itself to a lot of time. Between the end of 2 and the beginning of chapter 3, he bided his time. He worked his time. He enjoyed his time in the garden. He knew that once again he was going to take a swing at what God had created and try to destroy it because he saw God's mercy and discipline as weakness. And he waited. So it was desirable for wisdom. It w- there was more wisdom available for them. And that was something that would, God would want them to have. God clearly wanted them to have wisdom. He gave them wisdom and he wanted them to have more. I mean, he was always talking to them in the garden. Every night they were hanging out in the garden. Every chance they had, he would impart wisdom to them. Just being around them and being around him, per, you know, it, I wouldn't say I guess in person but the the concert of their of their DNA the concert of the of their light of their of their light waves of that frequency back and forth in and out of heaven like like just the quantum physics of it is fascinating to me It was simultaneous connection 24 hours a day What a beautiful thing So they knew wisdom so the fact that it was desirable, de- desirable for wisdom, there was internally, there was nothing that would that would make them think, well, this is clearly not something God wants us to have. Outside of the fact that God said, don't eat it. But they didn't know. They didn't know what it would do. And they probably had no idea of what death was. So they thought, well, maybe we should find out. And that's why, again, I think there's more than a day. I I think they talked about this. But sometimes I think, well, maybe they didn't talk about it. Maybe if they had talked more about it, they would have decided maybe not a good idea. Maybe we should wait for God to walk in the garden with us tonight and ask him about it. But they didn't think that way because they didn't think of deception, they weren't suspicious, they just went for it. So I kind of agree with both of my my ideas that maybe there was time and maybe it was only a day. But that word when is a time indicator, but again, it doesn't necessarily give us a long time or a short time, it just means there was some time. Now the fact that she ate it and gave some to her husband like this is who was with her. Now he's not mentioned in the in the early conversation between her and the and the serpent. So that's why I think that there's at least a little bit of time while she floated through the garden and maybe attended a few other things and then and then went to see Adam and said, "You know, this I'm considering eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I was talking to the serpent who you know is very wise and and just an amazing being, and so beautiful, and and he he seems to suggest that if we ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we would be like, even more like God, because he knows what good and evil is, and, and we don't. We don't know what evil is. We only know goodness, and so how bad could evil be? I mean, it's just another depth of understanding to be more like God, and you know, I think he kind of has a point, and he's never lied to us before, whatever that is, and and Adam's like, "Yeah, you know, that's let me come with you." So she went and they're standing there and she's like, "Look at it." I mean, honestly, look. I don't think I've ever looked at the fruit like this before. It is it is a beautiful it's beautiful. Wow. And I think it's actually like perfectly ripe. And it's almost like a living thing. Yeah, but no, no, I agree with you. I agree with you, sweetheart. It is it is beautiful, but you know, God did he you know did they even consider that God had said not to i I think they probably did but clearly they they decided he didn't either he didn't mean it or what he meant was don't eat it today and now that it's you know a thousand years later, I guess we can eat it now. but all those thoughts that they're entertaining to disobey God were not thoughts that they had ever been been introduced to because they only knew goodness and they only knew love. Now I know that, you know, little children learn to lie and I'd never met a parent who taught them how to lie. Like <laughs> I'm not saying parents didn't lie to their children, but somewhere in there, you know, a child is like, I'm not going to tell my parents what I did. I'm going to tell them I did something else. So I don't I don't know, I don't know. I do know that they had the freedom to make this choice. That as good as God had made it for them in the garden and the fact that they had only been exposed to love and light and beauty and all of God's character, he did not withhold from them the ability to choose something else. Because freedom, freedom is a, oh, it is it is highly valued by love and God is love. Freedom is highly, I mean, it is, it is, as Jesus said, you know, it is, it is for freedom, you know, that he, that he came, that he gave his life. It is for freedom. It is for life. It is for love. Or who is who he set free is free indeed. In other words, they're not confined. They are not confined by any anything, including God. So many religious-minded people, and unfortunately, that same spirit of control, that same religious mindset is also straight out of the political mindset. It's all about like, listen, I'm right. If I'm right. <laughs> then, then people should be forced to do what I tell them because I know what's best for them. And there's a lot of pastors that operate churches like that. There's a lot of ministries that operate out of that mindset. The visionary, the person in the in leadership, is so passionate about how good it would be if everyone just agreed with them or at least was forced to do what they say. They, they're passionate. I, I don't... I look at, you know, I've been around a long time. I've seen a lot of political battles. And I used to think that, that you know, everyone that I didn't agree with was out to get me. But over time, I've learned, like, they are just so passionate about what they believe. And they truly, truly believe that what, they, what they're trying to force me to do through law is what they truly believe would be best for me. Now, often it, it's like triply best for them. Beneficial for them, but they believe they deserve that, not and that they've earned that because they're right, and it gets really, really nasty. It gets nasty and ugly, and religion does too. Politics does too. It's, it's the way it is. I don't even know why. What part, Bob? I know, engineer. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> I don't even know what happened to me. Oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they I, I don't know if they knew what a lie was, but I knew God didn't withhold from them the freedom to make that choice. That's where I was. Freedom is really, really important to love. And it says that she took it and ate it and gave some to her husband, and this is like simultaneous. He did the same thing she did. And it had to be almost simultaneous. Now, they didn't eat it because they needed it, right? There was no need for them to eat. Eating food of any kind, whether it was plants, animals, fruit, it didn't matter. It was all done for pleasure. It was just pure pleasure. They did not need any of it. They they did not get fat. They could combine things. And if it didn't taste good, like it didn't matter. It was just whatever. It was all done for pleasure. So the fact that they took it was because they they believed it to be something that would be pleasurable for them. Not because they were suddenly starving to death and decided to try something new. And it had to be almost simultaneous because of the way that it's written here. It's like they took it and ate it. And she gave, you know, her husband who was with her, he gave it to her. Now, some people believe he was there when the serpent was talking to him. And and they use this as some sort of uh, subtle reminder that women need to be submissive to their husbands, because if the serpent had talked to Adam first, this would have never happened. Okay, I don't, I cannot, I, I just, like, just don't believe that, all right? There is nothing in all of creation, which is where our identity comes from, that indicates that that the female is in any less, any less uh, valuable or seen in any lower form as far as God is concerned. There is just nothing there and there's nothing throughout history that indicates that. As a matter of fact, if you actually read secular history, there is there is indication of the um, of a historian out of the uh, coming out of the biblical age, right about a uh, about a hundred years after Christ has died, in which he says wherever Christianity showed up, the the lot of women, the perception of women actually was elevated and 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 that's just like as far as he was concerned that was just historical observation that christianity those who believed in jesus actually brought value to women because society and religion had tried to keep them down and i could go on and on but women were not of lesser value and therefore that's why the you know that's what the bible's trying to teach us and as why the crafty serpent spoke to eve and not to adam so i don't think he was there when when they spoke but obviously he's there when they ate and they ate together and then it says then the eyes of both of them were open they realized they were naked so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves now let's just let's just breathe on this for a minute well probably a while as they're eating, they knew if one of us does it, they they, they should both do it. Like they weren't going to do this separated. This is who, who they are in the kingdom, right? They're about family. They're about connection. They're about relationship. They're about intimacy. This is everything who God is. When they look at each other, they say, are we going to do this? Yes. Let's do it together. That's the essence of, of verse 6. And I believe the serpent knew this. He didn't need to convince both of them. He only needed one. And out of convenience, he happened to be walking with Eve that day when they were going by those trees. And he took the opportunity. And they they ate it together, and it wasn't like... <laughs> I. I, uh, you know, two kids on the side of a pool, right? That's what I'm remembering. If you jump, I'll jump. Okay, one, two, three. Ha, ah, ha, you jumpers. No, these, they, they took it together in unity. And in that unity, both their eyes were open. Wow. What is that? Well, they saw each other naked. Oh, they saw their woo They saw their privates. Oh, we must be careful now. No, trust me, that word opened, wow. This is huge. Literally, for the first time, they feel evil. They feel this negativity. They literally have thoughts that they've never had before. Never had thoughts of ever lying to one another. Never thought of ever hurting something. Never thought of being deceptive in any way. And now their mind is flooded with these things that they... That not only they've never thought of before, but they literally hate them. Like I, I, I picture them just grabbing their head, wanting what they now know to disappear. The shock going through their mind and heart at this time. I don't think there's ever been in the in the history of the world two people who wanted to vomit more than they more than Adam and Eve in this moment. They wanted to throw up what they had just eaten because everything it had introduced to them, they hated. They hated what it had done to them. They hated what what it had taken from them. They realized in that moment that there was no wisdom in in understanding evil. (laughs) It makes me so sad. Can you imagine the... The first, I mean, like, like they were the first people to realize they had been lied to. As a parent, I know what it's like. I know what it's like when a when a child lies to you, and and you know they're lying, and it's a big deal. And you think to yourself, "Am I? Am I? Am I gonna?" just pretend that I don't know. But that's, I'm sorry, that's a parenting thing. I just, it's, it's, but in that moment of like, wow, they're lying, they're lying. I know they're lying. They're lying straight to my face. What, what do they, what do they think I am? A fool? But these, Adam and Eve, are getting that sense for the first time. See, my children li- have lied to me, not all the time, but but okay, maybe once, They no, I'm, I'm sure it was more than once, but, but I grew up in a world in which I knew lying was possible. I grew up in a world in which I had lied to my parents. I hope my mom's not listening. No, she knows, my mom knows. <laughs> my mom's pretty awesome, by the way. Ah. But I knew, you know, I knew I had lied. I knew that, you know, even when we birthed these beautiful, beautiful children, brought them into our home. I knew somewhere in the back of my mind as I'm rocking them to sleep. Holding them in my arms, I thought, you know, somewhere. But there's a good chance they may not tell me the truth sometimes there's a good chance that they may do things that they know I don't want them to do, and I may never know about it. Now, I think I know about most of the stuff because they're all older now and have wives and, and husbands and have their own children, and so stories come out when we're all together, and, and I think I I think I think know all the stuff they tried to get away with, but but at least I had some concept in the world I was living in that this is possible. Adam and Eve had no idea until that moment that the serpent had lied to them. The trauma of a selfish thought. They had lived together and loved one another, and I believe created many children, but had never had a thought of selfishness when they were together. They were always about love, always, you know, the, the, what is love, what is love, what is love, baby don't hurt, oh sorry, that's a, probably a horrible song, I don't know why I started that one, Uh, but love always has the other person's best interest in mind, so that's how they knew to operate, they always knew to constantly be in the other, doing things for the other person's best interest, for the first time, they had a thought of, I need to look out for myself. Imagine that. Imagine the trauma of that. That this person I'm looking at whom I love might not have my best interest in mind when they do something. I, I got to keep an eye on them. I have to learn to trust them. Oh my goodness. The intensity of learning to trust when you've never had to worry about it the person that you love the person that you sleep with for the first time he's looking at eve and she's looking at adam going i don't i don't know i don't know i i suddenly don't know for sure because i have a thought that i've never had before that that person that i'm looking at might not be trustworthy And that adds to, adds, to that, right? Right out of that comes that concept of doubt for the first time. Doubt. Do you have any idea how powerful doubt is? I've seen people literally living life without any desire to move forward because they doubt themselves. They doubt the goodness of God. They doubt the provision. They doubt their ability to do it right for the first time Adam's looking around at him and for the first time he says what if God isn't good what if what if what if we're not doing it right what if we fail what if I mean oh my goodness doubt and rejection They never had a thought of rejection before, they were always accepted, always loved. Now they think, oh my gosh, what have we done? God might God might destroy us. He may never talk to us again. And that leads to like sadness. They never felt sad before. Why? They never had to. They were never disappointed. They were never a disappointment. Right, that was where they they came from, out of creation. God is never disappointed in His creation. He never looks at at His creation and goes, "Wow, you could have done so much better." They lived there. They never doubted God's goodness. They never felt sadness. Now the the feeling of sadness. Like you guys literally you, you guys know people who have dealt with sadness and, and how it's led to depression and the fact that they they can't find uh, any avenue, any pathway to, to feel happy. I'm not saying that Adam and Eve were there. I'm just saying for the first time they felt that on-ramp, that sadness hit them. They felt that fear. You know they felt fear. They sat there and was like. Oh my gosh, God's gonna show up. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? What if he sees us? What if he what if he sees us like this? What what? Like their eyes are getting open, right? And they realize they were naked. Now that's not just meaning that they didn't have any clothes on. It means for the first time they felt lack. Like I I need something. That's what nakedness will do. I need something. Now, the obvious one is when you're naked, you need clothing. You need covering physically, right? But that the, the literally, the vocabulary here though is that idea of lack. I'm naked. There are things I now need. I never needed anything before. I take one bite of this fruit and now I'm in need. I need covering. I need to hide. I'm afraid. For the first time, they felt pain, emotional pain, negative emotions of all sorts were starting to swarm them. It had to be like being in a in a in a uh, a beehive. Not that they would have ever been stung before, but but for you and I, like to just imagine being swarmed by bees who just want to sting you, like that that kind of visual for me helps me like just their their skin is it's just crawling only it's internal and emotional and it's and it's in their minds like they're constantly being stung by what by their sudden ability to know evil because they had never known evil they only knew good and you can say well it wasn't fair of God like you need to know good and evil like you need to be balanced no no you don't Balance to me is a is a lie of the enemy because God isn't balanced and he's our creator. God is all good he is all love he is all light he is all frequency of beauty he is not balanced out with the evil side no it, it you don't need to know this we never needed to know this or god would have made something that was in need of something and that is a that goes counter to his character no 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 this is this is mind blowing and trust me they they wanted to they they wanted out they they i think they just started running they started running and they started to think, what if I don't know everything? What if I don't know how how good God is? What if I don't know everything that's in the garden? What if there's bad things in the garden? What if there's what if these animals some of them want to eat us? We've eaten them. What if some of them are hunting us? What if I eat something uh, so, you know, well, I think they probably felt hungry for the first time like, "Oh my goodness, like I need to eat." They never needed anything like that before. Their fear was growing up inside of them and they probably felt sick, nauseous, never felt nauseous before. Oh, this had to be a horrific moment in history. And after all that, I would imagine in my head, anyways, they're just they run for a while, trying desperately to get away from that tree, away from whatever it is that they that that evil, what that thing that they thought wouldn't hurt them, the thing that they were deceived into thinking, well, we'll be fine, the thing that God had said, please don't do that. I'm not gonna force you not to do it, but but trust me. It'd be good for you to choose not to. We made the wrong choice. We listened to the serpent. Oh, he was so crafty. They realize now that this guy, this this serpent has been deceiving them for years, waiting for an opportunity to draw them into his world of deception. So they feel all this exposure. I think they probably just curled up in utter helplessness filled with doubt of God's goodness for the first time. They realize after running for a while, they have nowhere to turn. And they probably ended up in the, in the beautiful grasses that used to literally like bend. Oops, sorry. I just hit the mic again. They, they used to bend toward them as they walked by. Used to bend toward them as they would sing and and hum the the heavenly tunes the the tunes of God and and now they're curled up in these in these grasses and the grasses are are not like they're responding differently all of creation is responding differently because these two have lost their ability to reflect the sun through their translucent glowing skin now, probably for the first time, their skin didn't reflect the sun. So they were able to look at each other and realize, wait a minute, we're exposed. We used to reflect this, now we're absorbing this. Yeah, it, it had to be a terrible, terrible moment or moment. Nowhere to turn, nowhere to hide. No idea really where they were. They had no idea that they could ever do something selfish, let alone be selfish. They had no idea that they could be separated from each other. Like I think the frequency, the the music that they used to sing in harmony between each other and God, like that, that rhythm, that frequency had left. Not that God took it away, but understand that evil did. They opened themselves up to the thief who kills, steals, and destroys. This is the rhythm of evil. This is the rhythm of the enemy. So all that they lost was taken by the enemy, not not withheld by God. I think they probably were hugging each other because for the first time in in their lives, in their thousand year together, and they're millennial together. They had the, for for the first time they had a concept that they could possibly, that they could possibly be separated from each other even though they had spent days maybe separated from each other in the garden just doing gardening things and exploring and all of that. They never felt out of tune with one another. They never felt separated from each other. And now for the first time they felt like they could be separated. I think they were probably hugging each other and crying devastated by what they had done, overwhelmed by the negative emotions and, and the w- evil knowledge that they now had. And then for the first time, they felt like they could be separated from their creator. Now they weren't. They weren't, and we'll get into that next week. But for the first time, they they felt that way. And after all that they're they're bouncing up against and all that they're in turmoil about, the one thing that they felt like they could do, the one now problem, they never had a problem before, the one problem that they could fix was they could cover up their nakedness. They could keep themselves from being exposed to the sun. So they sewed together some fig leaves and made coverings for themselves. This is amazing. This whole scene is breathtakingly horrible. The trauma and tragedy that occurred because of the fact that they had no concept of being lied to, no concept of evil. And the enemy knew that and he took full advantage and he and he th- thinks he has succeeded in destroying the image of God on earth but we'll get into that next week <laughs> we'll get into that next week I think I think I think you want to show up it's uh, it's it's I believe what we'll talk about is uh, very different than what a lot of us have been taught regarding God's arrival in the garden. So until next week, this is Bob signing off from the Epic Narrative. Don't leave just yet. We've got Bob Thoughts. Well, welcome to Bob Thoughts. Now that, uh, you know, this, this last episode... I was, I was, I wanted to spend a little bit more time on the freedom aspect of love because so many people, in the name of love, lock people down. And especially when it comes to, like, uh, again, from my experience, it's usually in ministry. And in ministry, in pastorates, many times pastors won't give the freedom for people to really express their creative concepts on the love of god because they're afraid that if somebody has too much freedom something there's going to be a negative backlash on the church and specifically usually their they their reputation their name the quote legacy of the church the the history of the church in the tent like there's lots of ways that they couch it but the bottom line is they want to control what's going on they want to control the narrative they want to frame the information in such a way that you know everybody understands the heart behind. I mean, there's there's lots of ways to go around it. This is what I find fascinating. The more I study and the more I interact with freedom, as far as God's concerned, He just really doesn't care about His reputation. I I, I can't say it any other way. I, and and I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could emulate it perfectly either. I, I really don't. Like I in my head, I think well, if I was in charge of a church, which I'm not, which is why theories always work great, right? <laughs> they always work great for the people who aren't doing them. It's like <laughs> It's like every every sports fan has the answer for the team, right? Well, you're not running the team. So <laughs> it always works out great in your head. So in my head, I think I I I think I could do this. Like really let people have the freedom to express themselves and to do whatever it is that you know, that they believe God's called them to do. And then I think, well, yeah, but what if, <laughs> what if they decide that to express God's love, like they need to, you know, do whatever in, a, I don't know if you want to say up front, but like, or 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 they want the church to to spend resources on a specific thing or an event or an outreach or, and it's like, well, we don't, like we've, we're already spending resources on all the other things that, we also are a part of and, and you know what you want to do is not something we've ever done before why don't it, it, it's very easy to look at him and say well why don't you try that and then you know let us know how it goes like we support you we love you you can you can recruit people you can let people know about it but and and it gets complicated why because it's relational but on a very base level god is fully relational and fully free for his people and his uh, his people his children to make a decision and i don't think that's any clearer than in the garden of eden where adam and eve were free to make a choice and i understand that a lot, there are a lot of people who say well love it can't be love if you if you don't have a choice and there's there's absolute truth to that because if there's not freedom then there then there can't be love and then you can say, "Well, what about my kids? Do they get to do whatever they want because I love them?" Uh, see, that's where that's where other things get involved, right? Because some would say, "Well, I love this person, therefore I can, I'm free to do what I want with them." And it's like, no, that's not the as- aspect of love, right? Love is selfless. It never seeks its own. Uh, it's never af- uh, offensive it doesn't hurt anyone it always looks out for the other person's best interest see sometimes people look at freedom and 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 they forget that there's a there's a there's there's boundaries of love that that channel that freedom for the full expression and and, and destiny and identity of the person that is that is there and that goes all the way back to the beginning of what we were created from we were created out of the beginning this place of of joy and light and peace and love and anything that isn't that then becomes a a non-loving act and so at some level you can say well see now you have rules now now you're not giving freedom and and uh yeah that's quite the quandary isn't it but this is what i know Adam and Eve were able to make a choice, and God didn't stop them. And uh, if if you think that's confusing, wait until the next week's episode. That that is that one of my favorite episodes. One of my favorite episodes next week is is there honestly because it is it, it involves so little research, and it was so different than anything i'd ever been taught on it before and i remember being confounded by it i i was telling everybody around church like i read (laughs) i read the bible like this was some new thing for a preacher to do anyways i hope you i hope you enjoyed this week's episode i think you're really gonna like next week's episode and uh oh where am i that's a good question i am sitting in my truck uh we are at a campground currently in georgia We had a great time here. This was kind of our shakedown cruise for the RV. We were um, staying with friends, family along our way down here, and we had had not ever actually used our RV. It was pretty funny. I think we dragged it almost 1,400 miles before we actually opened it up to use it. We had been in and out of it a number of times but not ever slept in it, didn't shower in it, never ran water in it. So we did all of that this week couple things weren't running 100%. We got them running 100%. Had a repair guy come out, fix <laughs> I put up quotations fix our refrigerator. What what we discovered after about 45 minutes of it running and not breaking uh, we you know, he he was driving off, literally driving off and it the alarm went off like it's not working, not working. It's getting too hot. So, Lori ran, I called him, he comes, he backs his trailer all the way back up, and he goes in, and he, he, when he goes to clip his, uh, his gadget on there to see, make sure everything's running, he clips into the, you know, to where the ground wire is, and he hears, he hears a little click, click in the engine. Now, I never heard it, but. You know, he's a trained professional. He's like, wait a minute. He takes this thing off and he starts to wiggle the ground wire. He's like, don't even tell me this is all it is. Oh, my gosh. This is, I sh- I can't, like, he was embarrassed. He, he didn't check that, f- like, one of his n- normal routines, like, just check all the wires, make sure they're not loose. He, had, he didn't check the ground wire. He checked all the connections to make sure they weren't loose, make sure that they, you know, he checked them, make sure they weren't corroded, all that stuff. Or the ground wire he didn't check and he was he was a little embarrassed. Tightened it up, everything started working again, alarm went off. Not that it was loud, but you know, just a little beeping. And it's worked fine for the last two days. And he didn't charge us a thing. He was he was like, I really didn't fix anything. I don't charge people that I don't fix stuff. <laughs> just a honestly an awesome guy here from Georgia. Uh, And when he was driving away, like I even tried to like tip him because he wouldn't charge us. I was like, here, you know, buy yourself a, uh, you know, dinner tonight or whatever. And he was like, nope, nope, I didn't fix a thing. If it breaks down again, call me. Maybe something is actually wrong with it. Maybe there were several things wrong with it. That was one of them. Uh, He called us uh, the last two days. How's it running? Running great. Okay. Do you want me to send you a check? Nope. Have Have a great journey, he said. What a great guy. Anyways, hope you guys are having a great time. That's updates, my thoughts and updates. And uh, (laughs) I look forward to next week. Honestly, next week's going to be fun. You're going to like it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to this podcast on any platform you use. You can also reach out to Bob for questions or booking at thebobswitzer.com or email him at thebobswitzer at gmail.com. See you next week, guys.